Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Gospel Saving Church. Praise be to God. Thank you all for joining me here in McKinney, Texas, in my home for Gospel Saving Church online, SoundCloud, and in my home, and all you that are coming from all over the world, or all you that will listen on CD or DVD or wherever you're coming from, God bless you, and thank you for joining us here today. Uh, I'm Pastor Ed, and uh, I'm pastor of Gospel Saving Church, just a small little house church here in McKinney, Texas. And uh, we just bring the Word every week, and just the, whatever the Word says, that's what we, that's what we teach, and Word, word word by word, verse by verse, and line upon line, and precept upon precept is just as God's Word says. So if you guys want to join me in a word of prayer, we'll get to it. And uh, let's hear what God has to say to us today. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for our lives. Thank you so much for giving us another day. As difficult of situations and as each one of us has today, Lord, I still thank you for giving us another day. For life, truly, Lord, is a gift. And Lord, we thank you for it. Because someday we won't be alive anymore. And there's millions upon hundreds of millions of people that are in cemeteries that testify to that. And someday that'll be us. We'll be there too. So I just pray, Lord God, that while we are alive today, while today is today, Lord, that instead of looking at all of our problems or all of our issues or all of our whatever we got going on that's wrong in our lives, I pray that we would be thankful for the life that you've given us and embrace the blessings that we have. For each one of us has blessings in our lives. And I pray you'd help us to focus on those and your word and how good you are and how much you love us. We just thank you so much, Lord, for bringing us here today. We ask you to help us understand your word. Help us to receive your word and help us to understand it by your Holy Spirit, Lord. For we know that is the only way anybody understands your word is by your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, we just thank you for all these things. And help us not only to understand your word, but Lord, help us to apply your word to our lives today. We love you and we praise you and we thank you. And we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. So you guys can turn to, we're going to be today in... uh, the epistle, 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. We're going to pick up kind of where we left off last week. Again, 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. We're going to get there and I'm going to read it, but we're going to do that after my thoughts from last week's message. Title of that message, What Would Jesus Do? Last week I talked to Christians about how they are to test the spirits, as John says in verse 1 there in, in chapter 4. Because not all spirits or spiritual voices that you will hear as a Christian are going to be from God. And the number one way to do this is, of course, to keep in the reading, learning, and knowing of God's Word. So that you can know what God sounds like. Because just like I told you last week, you can't know what God sounds like until you practice, or unless you practice listening to His voice. And in this knowing what God sounds like is where God gave me the title of last week's sermon, What Would Jesus Do? Because when you hear the spiritual voices that you will hear as a Christian, we all will hear them. I hear them every day. It's easy to just simply ask yourself, which voice sounds like, what would Jesus do? A really good idea on this idea for us today, as far as like thinking about last week and that whole idea of what would Jesus do in our lives and 
It's, it's not an easy concept. It's not an easy idea. It's an idea, but, you know, it's not an easy one. I, I found that out even this week as well, too. If, as a Christian, when situations arise during your day, because situations will arise during your day. They do in mine, and I'm sure they do in yours. And those voices start coming into your mind, because they will come into your mind. 100% for sure, they will come into your mind. If you work at training yourself to slow down before you act quickly, and I mean slow down and think about what you're hearing, think about the situation, and then after you think about all the things that go into your mind as a situation happens, if you just ask yourself before you react, what would Jesus do? I promise you, I promise you, you'll be able to do what he will do and listen to the correct spiritual godly voice that comes to you. Mind you, as I said, this is not, this is not easy and it won't come naturally and it won't come right away. This is a training process. Um, it, it really, you're going to have to train yourself forever for the rest of your life to do this. I, I've, I've worked at this off and on, and then life gets busy and crazy, and I forget to do it, and then, boop, situation happens, and I listen to the wrong voice, and I act in the wrong way, like I shouldn't act. And it's, like I said, something that you have to purposefully train and set your mind to do. It's not something easy to do. It's not something you're going to have to work at forever till you die. Why is that? Why do we have to work at slowing down and, and thinking about what we would say and listen to the correct spiritual voice in our head? Because we're born, people are born with a sin nature. And a sinful reaction wants to come out first and foremost when something happens, which makes the voices of the evil ones that you hear and the voices of your flesh really easy to listen to and really easy to obey and follow. But... If you're a real Christian, you should want to live a life pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the ways you can successfully do this is by training yourself again to stop when a situation comes and think before you act and only obey the spiritual voice that lines up with that whole idea of what would Jesus do? Hey, That matches up with what Jesus said. Remember what he said. He said, deny self, pick up cross daily, and follow after me. And this is exactly what we should be doing every single day. Don't let what naturally comes to our flesh mind, get them. Oh, revenge. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Slow down. That can't be God. There's no way. God's not going to say, get them, get them, get them, get back at them, get, you know, revenge. Now, God's not going to say that. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So if somebody hurts you or does something against you, you shouldn't be going out trying to get back at them. You should be turning up to God and going, all right, Lord, you know what they did to me. They did me wrong. Lord, I can do it for myself, but Lord, I think your vengeance is better. So Lord, you know, you take care of this and I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to love them and, and I'm just going to pray for them and then say something nice. But that takes, again, training. Stop. Think about what you hear. What would Jesus do? Ask yourself those words. 
and then respond. If every Christian in the world would do that, man, we'd probably never have an argument. But you know, again, it's a hard thing to do. Anyway, my thoughts from last week's message. Anyway, my new message today, 1 John chapter 4, verses 4-6, through 6, new title of our message, Do You Understand God's Word? Do you understand God's word? 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Let me read them, and then I'll teach. John says, verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as is of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Today we're starting in verse 4. And even though it's our starting verse, we're really starting right in the middle of John's thought that I didn't finish up on the textual context of Gnosticism last week, but now I must finish this week. Lord led me in a special direction last week to talk about the whole testing of the spirits versus, you know, spending a whole sermon talking about Gnosticism, and it's so small today. And so this week we start off in the middle of his thought. I mean, John was right in the middle of saying something there about Gnosticism and Gnostics and, you know, the whole false Christ thing. And and I didn't finish it, but again, got to finish it today. So in mid-thought, John says in regards to those who had fallen into the false idea of Gnosticism, and a Christ that had only come in the spirit. Remember, they Gnostics believed that Jesus never came in the flesh, that he was only a you know a spiritual teacher and came in the spirit, and therefore, you know, their deliverance from, from to be saved was to be delivered from the physical things of this world, the, the 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 things that you'd want, like houses and cars and food and clothing and things like that, and then you could be delivered from those physical things, those darn physical things, and then, you know, keeping mind just on the spiritual. So in in the middle of, right as he's talking, he says, verse four, he says, you are of God, speaking to Christians, which means he's just telling them, his audience, who he's writing to, hey, you are of God. You, You were belong to God, okay? You, the Bible says that Jesus Christ bought and paid for us on the cross with his blood. He basically kind of paid our, paid our deed and bought us with his blood on the cross. So he tells that to these Christians. You belong to God, little children. Little children means Christians. And you have overcome them. So there were those that had believed this antichrist spirit and had been preaching and promoting this false religion and false Christ in their day and time. And sadly, people believed what they had to say. But not these Christians that John is writing to right here. They had overcome the lies that the false teachers were preaching of of Satan's spirit, and they stayed true to their faith in Christ. Sadly, even today, there are those preaching false Christs and false faiths, and if you are a Christian, you will have to overcome them as well. You'll hear lots of different false faiths, and we see lots of different Christs being taught in our world today. Different, even sects of supposed Christianity really teach a different Jesus. Some teach a, a Jesus of, of, of pure wrath and, and pure, you know, uh, you know kind of selfishness. And, and some teach a, a God of, and a Jesus of pure love. 
and no judgment and, and no wrath. Different, different even sects of so-called Christianity preach a different Christ. They don't preach the Christ that's in the Bible. The Christ that, yes, though he loved, but yet he also says, turn to me. Yet us says, turn to me. us says, if you don't turn to me, hell will be your final destination. If you don't let me pay for your sin. And that is the Jesus of the Bible. And we see that we have different you know, religions and different even sects of so-called Christianity preaching different Jesuses to this day. And as a Christian, you will have to overcome these false ideals and these false faiths and follow the Christ of the Bible. Look at what, why John says, and he tells us that they were able to overcome. Last part of verse 4. He says, one of the most popular verses in all the Bible, Bible 66 books, and depending on which version you have, depending on if it's a thin version or a you know, large reader, you could have a thousand pages in your Bible. But here, this is one of the most popular and famous verses in all the Bible. They were able to overcome these false Christs, these false Jesuses, these false faith, because, last part of verse 4, he, Jesus Christ, God, who is in you, is greater than he, the devil, Satan, who is in the world. Again, John is uh, referencing here, what Jesus said in the Gospel of John fourteen twenty three. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we, speaking of God the Father and Christ Jesus, will come to him and make our home with him. Or in other words, God's coming and living inside the person who has submitted their lives to him. It's called being born again. And the power of God via his Holy Spirit living within the person helped these Christians that John's writing to to stay true to Christ because he, again, God and Jesus Christ, is stronger than the he, the devil and Satan and the spirit antichrist that's in the world. And of course, we know that Satan is the ruler of that antichrist spirit. This is a very powerful truth of God in scripture and every truly saved and born again person needs to realize that if they are saved, God is literally living within them. That's why when we sin, we feel this, oh, we feel this kind of like we call it a check. At least I do and other Christian sects I've been in, you know, with other brothers and sisters in the Lord. We call it a a kind of a check. Oh, I just sinned. Oh, oh." it was almost kind of of like a spiritual gunshot. You know, oh, man, oh, man, what, what happened? Well, that's God telling you, hey, my son, hey, my daughter, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit, God and Christ living within you, even to this day, and these Christians back then, can help us overcome the evils of the world and the Satan-filled teachers of the world and the Antichrist spirit of the world overall. Christians, because of this, the Bible says that you don't even have to be slaves to sin. And really, there's nothing that we cannot do. Paul speaks about this in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Now, saying all that, and then of course, people really play that verse up, and you see it all the time, and you know, it's on Facebook, and and Pinterest, and people put those, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know, hey, uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, saying all those things, and, and yet, and although those verses are very powerful, and I will admit, 
God living with me, within me is a very powerful thing. But saying all that, did John say there, did you see John say there that because God was living in these believers, and you could say us too, that, we, that they were and we are guaranteed to overcome the evil spirit of Satan that's in this world? No. In fact, the only guarantee on this subject that I read about in Scripture is this. If you continue in Christ, then dot, 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 right? If you continue in Christ, then you'll endure. If you continue in Christ, you'll, you'll have eternal life. If you keep running the race, if you keep fighting the good fight of faith, if you keep, if, if you endure, then you shall receive the crown. John just said that because God was living in these Christians, and you could say us, that they had overcome the demonic spirits and they, that had deceived the people into believing the false religious way of Gnosticism. And in my life as a Christian, I, because of God's spirit living within me, it, there were some close calls, but I have almost succumbed to some false teachings that kind of almost took me under. And then as I kind of even fell that way, I kind of felt God kind of saying, that's not the way, son. That's, that's not the way. And yet I kept going for a little while and yet kind of maybe even fell into some of that for a little while. But yet, as I kept reading the scriptures and I kept asking God, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? God helped me. And, and by my faith in him and I, I realized in the scriptures, hey, that's not the right way. And I turned and I, and I stopped being on the wrong path of the false kind of ways that some of the Christian in Christendom, some of the whole false teachings that are in the church, and I'm you know back and just believing the Bible and and staying on course. Sadly and unfortunately, though, even though born again people have God literally literally living within them and His power to overcome all of Satan's false spirits, doesn't mean that we are a for sure never to fall into the devil's hands again. We can overcome in Christ because God lives in us, but we have to continue in our faith and we have to keep fully trusting in Christ until we die or he comes back. John says almost the same thing in this same epistle, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, he says this, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And if we just stop there, we could say, Hey, I'm born in God. I've overcome the world. I'm good to go. I'm, I'm saved until that... Woo! I'm on my way to heaven no matter what. Hey, I, that, that, hey, that's a guarantee. But there's too many in our world today that take partial verses and they claim something, but they don't take the whole verse. So if we finish that verse out, John actually said, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, but then he finishes, and this is the victory that has overcome the world or our faith. You see, you can't overcome, you can't continue to overcome until you, until you continue, or as you, I should say, you can't continue to overcome unless you endure in your faith. Because our faith is what keeps us close to God. Our faith is what keeps us kind of connected to God. I've known people that were Christians that lost their faith. And they wandered away from the faith. And they started dis disbelieving the faith. And now... They're agnostics of the faith. And yet, I know that they were saved. I know that they were born again. I know that they came to love God. But unfortunately, they didn't endure in their faith. And they fell away. And they're headed for hell, unfortunately, again. So we must continue and endure 
in our faith, for that is what will overcome the world as Christ lives in us. Because if a Christian stops completely trusting in Christ daily and draws back from him, Bible says, God speaks about it in the book of Hebrews, sadly God sees it as if he never knew them in the very end if they finish that way. Look at what John says next in verse 5. He says of these Gnostics again, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. So, the people who had fallen into this Gnostic false religion were of the world, and spoke of worldly things, meaning they were only born of the flesh, and only stood and spoke of the worldly things, as all did who were not of God, and as all still do who are not of God. For all those who are not born again only speak as of the world. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He says this, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, every person, unfortunately, saved or born again or not born again, has a physical mind. Yes, those people that are born again as myself, we have a physical mind. I also have a spiritual sense. I have a spiritual mind, but I still have a physical mind, right? But these people that John is speaking about only had a physical mind for they were not born again. But when a person becomes born again by God's Holy Spirit, they gain a new understanding, a spiritual and supernatural understanding of the spiritual things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.11 No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So you see, when you gain a Holy Spirit of God living within you, you also gain a supernatural then sense to understand spiritual things or the spiritual things of God. And because a saved person receives God's Spirit when God comes in and lives within them at their spiritual conception, then they can understand the spiritual things of God. Which is why John says what he does in the next part of the first part of verse 6. He says, We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, you can only understand the spiritual teacher of God or the spiritual things spoken of by God in the Bible by God's Spirit. And since we can hear God, then the rest of verse 6, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I can't tell you in my past how many people I've talked to about God and tried to direct them to read their Bibles or to read a Bible. Hey man, you know, that well... Hey, you know, it'd be good, you know, get to know God, get to know to hear God, you know, hey, read your Bible. And I can't tell you how many of these same people told me that I tried to get them to read their Bible, that they had tried to read their Bible in the past. And yet, they tell me they couldn't understand it, and so they stopped. And when they tell me this, taking into consideration what John writes here and also what Paul writes and that Corinthians, I immediately know that they're not born again and saved with God's Holy Spirit living within them because if they were saved, they would understand his word. Huge note here, if I've got anybody out there that's going, wait a minute, I don't understand. Huge note there, hold on, for all all the Bible readers out there and all those listening today and all those that have been to church all their lives, Am I saying that every person who is saved and born again will know and understand every 
spiritual thing of God in the Bible, every concept of God's word, will you understand everything? Like, I've got it all now that I've got God living within me. Oh, 1 Corinthians, oh, boom, that's what that means. Oh, boom, that's what that means. Oh, boom, that's what that means. Absolutely not. That is a ridiculous idea. Don't even think that you'll understand. I've been a Christian for around 17 years, and I've been through the Bible about 16 times reading, and and I don't know, a couple times listening to you know books more than once, twice, three times, four times, because there's a wonderful app out there that lets you actually listen to the Bible, and there's Bible on CD, and I've got one on my on my phone and on my computer where I can listen to the Bible. And I again, I've been a Christian for around 17 years, and I still don't understand every single thing in God's Word. God blesses me with a lot of spiritual knowledge of Him and His Word, but am I God? No, and I don't understand all of His Word either. So no, I'm not saying that as a Christian you'll understand every single thing in God's Word. But even as a newborn Christian, days, even weeks old, a newly saved person will understand the basic things of God's Word. The basic salvation. Hey, I'm a sinner. I was lost on my way to hell. God stepped in and He saved me. You know, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son and Whoever shall believe in him, and they know that that's just not a head belief. Now that's a that's a Roman that's a Romans belief. Hey, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, it's a heart belief. I understand that. Hey, I I get it. They understand his amazing love. They under, they understand the fact that there's a real devil and a real heaven and a real hell, and and that the Bible is God's word and God breathed it and it's truly God's word. And they understand those things, but. There are deeper things in God's word that as a new Christian, you will not understand. But as you grow in his grace and knowledge and you stay in his word daily, he will reveal those things to you and you'll get more and more understanding. Just as a human child, as they go from a child to an adolescent, to an, you know, to an adult, to an elderly person, as they're always going to continue to keep growing in wisdom and knowledge because they're continuing to experience more and more and more of the world and they're getting older, you know, barring they die, they're getting older, right? Pretty simple uh, principles that John writes about here, I would say. You know, a concept here not so simple to understand in verse 6 that God's led me to talk about today that'll be probably, well, it'll be the rest of the sermon. Notice here, John writes, speaking of the simple things and the more difficult things to understand. Look at what John writes here in verse 6 on a more difficult aspect. John writes, He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. Well, John just said that those not of God can't hear or understanding the spiritual teachings or words of those who are of God. Or you could say those who are saved. Which means basically if you're a a Christian, you're born again and you understand the things of God and you go to try to talk to somebody that you don't know if they are and you start talking some spiritual things to them that they're going to kind of like look at you like you got three eyes. I don't know if you're a Christian, you've ever had that happen to you before. I know I have. They just kind of look at you. People do that uh, that aren't born again and they just look at you like you got, you know, like you're strange, like you're from out of space. What What are you saying? That's weird. I don't understand those things, right? It means that those who are lost also wouldn't understand the Bible, okay? So not only are they not going to understand the things that you say, being spiritual things you say, but John also basically saying here that they're not going to understand the Bible. 
just as I said a little bit ago, because his words are spiritual, right? And they're only carnal. People that are lost and not saved, don't have the Spirit of God living in them, they only understand the physical things of this world, not the spiritual. Well, do you realize the depth of what this means according to what John just said here? Because this is a deeper thing of God's Word, and I just want to cover this because this is always kind of, this can be a real big misconception. Putting what John said together, John just said that everyone that's not of God, so not saved, can't hear or understand the spiritual things people who are of God or saved people speak to them. And they also can't hear or understand God's words or teachings of his word, the Bible, again, because they're not spiritual. Why is this a deeper thing to understand of God's word? Well, listen to this. If the lost can't hear or understand anything spiritual of God's word or a spiritual teacher that they tell them, how can they ever be saved? Think about it. No lost person can understand the things of the Spirit because they only understand the things of the world. So how then can any lost person be saved? For instance, God speaks words of salvation. And if they can't understand those words, then they can't be saved, right? Paul says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But if the lost can't hear or understand God's word, how can they ever have saving faith in order to be saved. And you may be saying, well, Pastor Ed, that is right. That is what John just wrote. Why is this a deep thing of God? It seems pretty simple. Seems simple, but think about this. If no person that's lost can hear or understand the spiritual words or concepts of God, or or a spiritual teacher that's speaking the spiritual words of God to them, how does a lost person get saved? Well, the natural conclusion that you'd have to come with or come to is that they can't. And that would be correct. If a lost person can't understand the spiritual things of God, then they can't understand you when you're speaking to them about God, and therefore they can't be saved, right? Well, still think that this idea has is not a big deal and easy to understand? Do you see the problem with this biblical truth? I don't know if you do. The problem is that everyone is lost. They were born lost and they're born headed for hell. I don't know a single person other than Christ that was born saved. Everybody that you know, including yourself, were born apart from God. We're born lost. And if everyone that's lost, that they start out with, how can they ever be saved for they can't understand the words of God or any preacher that's trying to reach them for Christ? And that would be correct too. Yet as true as this is, there is also no way it can be true. Because although it's a truth, it can't be truth in and of itself in what we're saying in here in this verse. Because... I know lots of people who were born lost, but yet have been and are being saved to this very day, and that would be including myself. So is John, or is, is, yeah, so is John, Jesus' closest disciple, wrong? Which makes the Bible also wrong, because the Bible is where John's writings are, and he was led by God's Spirit to pen these words, and the Bible is supposed to be infallible or perfect with no errors? No, John is right. And so is this truth of the Bible also right. But there is also other biblical truths that John did not mention here on this topic that must be considered before we come to the conclusion that 
No lost person can hear God or hear anything of God, so we're all destined for hell. Nobody can get saved, right? There's, there's other things that we have to consider in the Word, which makes this verse not just a read-over real quick verse, and then we got it. It makes it a verse that we need to consider other biblical truths. Listen to this other biblical truth that must be considered before we consider that. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, he said this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Well, this includes everyone. Jesus didn't give a, oh, this is only for some people. This includes everybody. Everyone who asks can receive. Anyone who seeks can find. And anyone who knocks, the door will be open to them. Even seeking God unto knowing who he is, which is really salvation. Hey, if I, if I seek God with my heart, even as a lost person, even though I can't understand spiritual things, if I think maybe there's a God and I'm going to maybe seek that God and maybe, you know, if that God is real, he'll reveal himself to me. Then Jesus just said, seek and you shall find, which would involve then them understanding or coming to a spiritual understanding of God and his word. Why would a lost person even ever want to seek to know God or who he was? Well, God is drawing all people. Listen to what Jesus says in John 12, 32. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. That's exciting. Why is God drawing all humanity to himself? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, right? God came to save the lost. So although the lost cannot hear the spiritual things of God, Christ is drawing them. If they act on that seeking, they can find because God can let them. Second uh, Peter 3, 9, God, uh, Peter tells us that God is not willing that any should perish or go to hell, but that all should come to repentance. And one of the most awesome two truths of God that just blow my mind over and over and over again, love-wise, for the lost is this. Acts 17, 26-28. Paul says, and he, God, speaking to the Areopagus, has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope, his hope, that they might grow for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. So God sovereignly. That, that word sovereign means that God is kind of in control. Now, I don't believe that the Bible teaches that God is in control of everything. What you had for breakfast this morning? Uh, what, what, what girl you dated yesterday? Uh, what TV show you watched last night? No, God is not making you do that. The Muslims that are chopping people's heads off in ISIS over there in the Middle East. No, God is not sovereign like that. Like, oh, he's in control, meaning he made those people do that. But I do believe God is sovereign in these respects that Paul writes about here. God, Paul just said that God is sovereign in the fact that he set up the places that people live. Wow. You had no choice in where you're living right now. God set that up for you. And that God also set up the time in which you were born. Meaning, if you're living now... In 2016, well, however long you're alive, whether you were born yesterday or you're 50 or 60 or 80 years old, whatever, God pre-appointed that time 
that you're born right now. And then he's also done that for the history of humanity. He sovereignly set up the place you live and the time in which you're born. But he didn't just do it because he's just a, I'm God and I want to make people live this, not the other. He did it, Paul just told us, not, not, uh, not because he's harsh, so that we would seek him. In the hope, not a forced sovereign thing here, and his hope, which means that he's hoping, his hope, that we find him or have a relationship with him and be saved. Doesn't that just blow you away love-wise? God is not some harsh, evil dictator, but rather a God that hopes that people will seek him and he puts you in the place to do that. Wow, that's a God of love. He didn't force you to come to love him. He was hoping, as Paul just wrote there, that you seek him from the circumstances and the situations that you're in. And the other Bible truth of God's word of love that I just love, I believe by all these scriptures that as God is drawing people to himself, or Jesus Christ is drawing all people to himself, that's 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Which means that as Christ draws people, if they seek God, if they start to seek God, as God hopes that they do, then as God sees this current time, right? As God is a current time God. He's not a, you know, he's not a God of the future or a God of the past. He's a God right now, current right now. He comes to their aid and helps them understand spiritual teachings of God's word and the spiritual truths of God's word so that they can come to a place where he can save them. Isn't that awesome? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Somebody's seeking, God sees it. Wow, that person's seeking. He runs to and fro all the earth. Whoa, he comes to that one. Boom, hey, you're seeking me. Hey, here I am. Here I am. Whoa, here I am. Hey, come to me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Which means that for those who respond to the drawing of Christ, even though the person is not of God and they're lost and they don't have God living in them yet, God gives them the spiritual ability to understand his spiritual words so that they can come to be saved and have God living inside of them. God is so, so very good. For it is God who draws and calls people to himself, but it is up to each individual person whether they respond. For God gives all people choice or free will to respond and not to be forced to respond, but he wants you to respond. He's hoping you respond. But since most of the human race is in the lost category, we see the other sad and terrible truth of the reality of God's word. Jesus said, Matthew twenty-two fourteen, many are called, but few are chosen. And they're not not chosen because God doesn't want to choose them or save them. They're not chosen because they won't start to seek God by the drawing of Christ, or if they do, they don't come to the point where they realize that they need to relent and control or to relent the control of their lives over to Christ and they deny him access to save them, basically. So you see how difficult 1 John 4, 6 really is and how deep but true it is, as the Bible is true, but how it seemed to be an error. This scripture was never erroneous, just very deep. The error was not in the scripture, just in how we misunderstood it. The same goes for the whole Bible, because I believe as the word says of itself that it's inspired of God 
and so flawless. When the Bible seems to be wrong, it's never the scripture. Me and my family have talked about this over and over and over and over again. If we seem to read something in the Bible that doesn't seem to be right, it's never God's word. It's always in how we misunderstand it or understand it where we have the error. But going back for just a moment. Speaking on all the difficult or, or, or of that difficult or under, hard to understand part of verse 6, there's something that I'd like to ask you who are listening to me today. Do you hear and understand God's word and spiritual teachings of God and his word, or don't you? And again, not talking about do you understand everything. Do you understand when you read the Bible, do you get it? I think you know what I mean. You know, when you read it, oh yeah, I got that. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, Jesus just said, yeah. Do you get it or don't you get it? John just told us of those that had believed the lie of Gnosticism and a false Christ in verse 6, that he who knows God hears us, or remember, he who knows God understands the spiritual things that are being taught from God's word or understands the spiritual teachings of God's word. He who is not of God does not hear us. Or those who aren't of God don't understand the spiritual things of God's word. They don't understand what God is saying in his word. They don't understand the Bible. That means that if you're truly of God, saved and born again, you understand spiritual things of God, his word and, and teachings about him mostly. But that if you're not of God or not saved or born again, then you don't. It's just that simple. I never want to sugarcoat things because I love you. And I care about you and where you spend your eternity. And if you don't understand, then no matter what profession of faith that you make, you need to be born again and you need to be saved. Because if you don't understand God's word, God's very clear, John's very clear. You can't be saved at that point if you don't understand God's word. So if you cannot understand the things of God or his word mostly, if you can't understand, and you consider yourself a Christian today, so you think you're saved, and then I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth is that the Bible says that you're deceived, and the devil has you right where he wants you. Where is that? I'm not really saved, but lost, but thinking that you are. Deception is the worst kind of loss that there is because you're really not on the right path, but you think that you are. And so you don't even think that you need a change in your beliefs, but you do. I really hope that you understood that. If you could understand what I just said to you, but normally you cannot understand God's word, then God is telling you today that you're still in need of seeking him. You're still in need of relenting the control of your life to Jesus Christ and granting him access to save you because he is drawing you to himself, for sure. For he's drawing all peoples to himself because he was lifted up. So please, if that's you, get busy. Think on what I said today and start to seek the Lord. Start to seek God in his word. Start to pray, God, help me understand your word. I want to know what I need to do. Help me. I want to be saved. I want to know you. I want to be born again. Lord, that passage of your words is very clear. If, you, if I don't understand you, then I can't be saved because everybody that understands you, have their spirit lives your spirit living within them, and then they're saved because they can understand. God, I want to understand. Help me. I want to be saved. Seek the Lord. 
God's granting you mercy right now because you can understand the things that I told you in this regard today. That's mercy. That's God's mercy. For, for whatever reason, you were a false convert or you were deceived to begin with. You thought you were saved, but you really aren't because, you know, you don't understand God's word. So God today is granting you mercy and he's saying, hey, I still love you. Still, Hey, come, come, but seek me, seek me, cry out to me, ask me, cry out to me, save me, God. I don't want to be lost. Save me. Start today, please. If you are listening to this message because you've been seeking God lately, just wanting to really know who he is and you understand what I've said to you today, this is good news because that means that God knows that you're seeking him. Eyes of the Lord run to and fro on all the earth. He show himself strong, right, to those whose hearts are strong toward him. God knows that you're seeking him and he's letting you understand his word to reveal himself to you so that you will come to Christ and relent the control of your life to him. My question to you then today is, what are you waiting for? God is waiting for you to respond to his calling and drawing on you. And his son's name is Jesus Christ. And he loves you so much. And he died for you on the cross almost 2,000 years ago to pay your sin penalty, to show his love for you by his action and by his truth and not just by his word. God could have just said, oh, if God so loved the world and then ended there, but he didn't, did he? He said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. To show you his love for you. Not just tell you of his great love for you, but to show you his great love. What do you need to do to take the next step? Well, with your heart, from your heart, from the inner of yourself, get on your knees, fall on your back, fall on your face, and cry out to Jesus Christ and tell him that you surrender to him. Tell him you surrender. Surrender your heart. Fall out before him. Surrender all of yourself to him. Pray. Cry out to him. Jesus Christ, I confess that you are God's son. I believe it. You're God's son. I believe it. I want to believe it, Lord. I believe it. And I believe that you're savior of the world. And I believe in you with all my heart, Lord God. Please take my heart, my life, my soul. I give it to you freely. I give them to you freely, Lord. Please I need you. I want to be saved. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sins, for I'm a sinner. I've broken your laws. I'd like you to give me new life today, one where you live in me. Please make me born again. I want to follow Jesus Christ. And if you prayed something like that, and you cried out to God from your heart, or you're still crying out to God from your heart, He hears you. And his Holy Spirit's coming or already in you. And just now, get into God's word. Read it. Do what it says. And follow Jesus and do what he tells you to do to follow him. And enjoy your new life in Christ. Enjoy it. It's not going to be easy. And you'll have to endure. And you'll have to keep having faith. But keep crying out to God. And he'll keep helping you. If that's you... Welcome to the kingdom if you made that decision today. If it's not you, please keep seeking. And please keep asking God to reveal himself to you. Ask him to bring you to salvation. Keep crying out to him. Keep seeking him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And thank you so much for the truths of your word. Lord, you want people to be saved. That's the whole reason you sent Jesus Christ to this earth. 
You wanted people to get saved. You don't want people to go to hell. For Lord, as, as you wrote through Peter, for it's not your will that any should perish. That's not your desire that anybody go to hell. Yet, unfortunately, Lord, the gates of hell, as Jesus said, are swollen. Lord, I pray, God, please intercept the people that are about to die, Lord, right now. Intercept them all over the world, Lord God. Throw some kind of stumbling block under their feet, Lord God, and trip them up so that they don't trip into hell, but, Lord, that they trip onto the path of Christ. Please, God, draw them to Jesus. Draw them to Jesus stronger, Lord, than what you've been. Jesus, please draw them stronger to yourself than what you've been. Please, Lord, help them make their way to you. Draw them to you. And please, Lord God, help them come to repentance. Help them come to a true relationship with you. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you say and all that you've done and all that you do. We love you and praise you and ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.